he's wearing a pregnancy belly from Amazon <laughs> like but it's like built into a suit and um I, I love when you go into his room where we talk about character changes coming up and he would just be in there with just the pregnancy belly but like shirtless but like you know like in his pants like reading his lines or something and I'm like hi old the Art of Costume podcast. I am your host, Spencer Williams, and thank you so much for joining me for another bonus episode. Happy New Year, costume nerds. It's so good to talk to you all. It's been a minute here since we've actually recorded an episode. I hope you all enjoyed your holidays, your New Year's. Um, but it's good to talk to you all. Uh, happy 2024. Uh, before we get into today's bonus episode, I am happy to say that soon the Art of Costume podcast will be back. I hope you'll join us next week on January 16th as we kick off season four with our Barbenheimer week. So we will be doing Barbie on January 16th and Oppenheimer on January 18th. And so excited to get back in the studio with Elizabeth. And Daniel, of course, and get into all the costume magic. Um, and what better way to start than with the two movies that basically ran 2023, which is Barbie and Oppenheimer. But with all that said, I'm so excited to talk about today's film that we're going to get into. And uh, this film, I actually, admittedly, I don't think I was very excited for at first because it really revolved, I thought it revolved around something that I'm just honestly not interested in, which is, of course, wrestling. You either love it or you don't. And honestly, I kind of appreciate it. I mean, I'll sit down and watch anything that involves people throwing each other around a ring, right? So when the Iron Claw was coming to theaters, I really didn't know what to expect. And I went and saw it. And honestly, it was such a memorable experience. It's very moving, inspiring, all, all the things. I left very emotional. And it. I just love the Iron Claw. It's easily one of my favorite movies of 2023, if not top three. It's just so, so good. I love this movie. And I love the costumes. I'm so excited to get into it. So of course I'll start us off with a little summary. The Iron Claw is the true story of the inseparable Von Erich brothers who make history in the intensely competitive world of professional wrestling in the early 1980s. Through tragedy and triumph under the shadow of their domineering father and coach, the brothers seek larger than life immortality on a biggest stage in sports. And that is the Iron Claw. Now let's dive behind the costumes. The Iron Claw was directed by Sean Durkin. And the costumes were designed by one Jennifer Starzik. Uh, you know Jen from... Uh, she has quite the resume here. Uh, first, she has a lot of costumer and assistant costume designer roles. Uh, for example, she was a key costumer on Little Miss Sunshine. She was the assistant costume designer on 17 again, which also starred Zac Efron. She was a costumer on Star Trek Into Darkness, and she was the assistant costume designer on Ghostbusters in 2016. 
but most notably, you will know Jen for her role as costume designer on one of the greatest shows to ever be on Netflix, which was Mindhunter, of course. If you've never seen Mindhunter after this podcast, you need to head over to Netflix and get into this show. It's so good. I hope it's still on Netflix. It's been a minute since I've seen it in my my list now that I think of it. But if it's on there, you'll love it. The show is so good. And Jen also designed the costumes for Bill and Ted Face of Music and Reminiscence. And I'm so excited for you all to meet Jen in this bonus episode. She's absolutely lovely. I got to know her late last year and she's become a quick friend. The Iron Claw, absolutely brilliant. I love their costumes and I'm so excited that Jen was able to take the time to talk with me about her costumes. I had so many questions. Uh, I had to get into the Ric Flair costumes. I mean, once you see those, you just, you knew immediately I was going to ask about those. Um, and I just want to know more about her collaborations with each of the stars who played the Von Eric brothers. I mean, Zach Efron is so good in this movie. I grew up on high school musical, so I feel a little bit like a little protective you know, I've been watching him since I, I was young. He was young. So seeing this movie, I just felt proud. And I know if you saw this movie as well, you know exactly what I'm saying. So after this break, we will be joined by costume designer Jen Starzik. Welcome, my friend, costume designer Jennifer Starzik. Hey, Jen, how's it going? Oh, it's great. Thank you so much for having me, Spencer. I'm so excited to talk to you. I just casually ran into you the other night and I was like, I think I'm about to interview you. And I saw the film and I've just been dying for this moment because it's The Iron Claw is such a great film, Jen. So I'm really excited. Oh my gosh, I'm glad you're excited. I'm so glad that we met outside of the Zoom screen first. We happened to be able to chat and just have a good time. And now here we are. I'm so yeah, glad you like yeah. the movie. That's like really important. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, it was a lot of fun. Um, let's get into it. I have to admit, Jen, I had zero insight on the story before I saw The Iron Claw. I've just never been a part of the wrestling world. And admittedly, I was even hesitant about this film because I thought maybe it's just not for me. But after finishing the film, I walked away with a deeply emotional story that really spoke to me on many levels, I would say. So first, what was your experience with wrestling and how did you connect to this story when you first signed on? Um, I Great question. A little bit similar. I knew and I did not know anything about wrestling. I definitely had some preconceived notions of wrestling. Um, and my first my first thought was I need to read this script and see what is going on inside the script that Sean Durkin has written. And um, as soon as I finished, I was like, what, what did I just read? This is, right. this is like so incredible, so fascinating, so different and interesting. And, um, and yes, it's a biopic, but it's about, I mean, this whole entire family. Right. So I, my first foray was definitely like step one, hopped on the internet looked up what the Von Erichs looked like. Cause of course, if I didn't know anything about wrestling, I did not know anything about the Von Erichs. So <laughs> once I looked up the Von Erichs and just saw what amazing, um, a costume opportunity it would be, 
also to be a part of a very dynamic film. I was, I was like, I, this has to be my project. I need to meet, I need, this is my movie. Like I just was like, just <laughs> universe this is my movie. So I was very thrilled when it did was offered to me. So that was great. Oh, that's so exciting. Yeah. I can't imagine looking. I mean, that's the fun thing about this film is you start to pull back the layers and realize there's so much fun and color and, but then so much emotion too. So it really is a costume designer's I don't know, dream, I would say, because you really get to play with a lot of different elements here. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and even um, let's just say our movie starts around like 1979. Well, I'd also designed Mindhunter, which takes place 1979. So what, what's really fun as a costume designer or anybody in the film industry is you can take those same years and they can look completely different because what is your script about and who are you focusing on and, and what does that whole aesthetic look like? So when I went to go start to do some further research outside of an internet site process and I'm looking at books and photography and things, I'm pulling out some of those same books, those same references, because they, they still related. Um, but I'm looking at it completely different because these boys were like Texas Americana, little country, little rock and roll. And what, what does that, you know, how does that say, and what can we say for that? And, and just like you start any project, you're thinking, who are these, let's, you know, just character based, like, who are these characters? Where do they live? How much money do they have to shop? Where would they shop? do they shop, you know? So for me, it was sort of looking at all of those things. And even though they performed in Dallas, Texas, they lived in Denton, Texas. And, um, and they were very young. Like we see the arc of them and not all of them, unfortunately live, uh, to their fulfillment of their life. So you really, you know, probably when they're wrestling, they're still, they're still in the heart of it. They're not making a lot of money. It's very basic clothing. And how can we represent that to make sure each of our cast has their own style and, Perhaps here, this is a little hodgepodge, but um, like David, for instance, in real life, has this superior football mesh jersey and he wore it with like a <laughs> like a roach clip feather, which we had done like a separate photo shoot, which I don't know if that photo is out there with like a roach, <laughs> but he couldn't do this football. They play football in this scene, like at home with their family. And it just shows how um, competitive the brothers are and how how far the dad pushes, which should be like a casual fun ga game on Thanksgiving, but gets a little rough between them because they're so competitive and right. so athletic. Right. And um, it's hardcore all the time. <laughs> hardcore all the time. Exactly. <laughs> And like Zach having um, really worn in clothing. I just, I'm always looking for like, give me the the jeans that look like they should be in a double RL ad, you know, like something of that sort. And like, and if it's not that, let's get an example and have our age dryer make that. And for Mikey here, his, his whole character is sort of like when you looked at the pictures of brothers in real life, it would be like three hulky guys in trunks with, with their dad with like his legs spread and his like chest open. And, and then it would be like Mike, like in like, Apollo and corduroys, like <laughs> <laughs> relatable. <laughs> and, like completely, obviously doesn't fit in. Probably doesn't want to be a wrestler. His backstory with Sean is, and it's you know could be true to life. as he was definitely a musician, and we he he titled him like he was into prog rock, which was like Rush and Tom. Curry. How do you get these <laughs> other bands into that that represent our film? But um, progressive rock at that time. So I tried to make sure I inserted a lot of little um, band t-shirts like this is a Linda Ronstadt t-shirt from that time and um and some others because that's what the real Mike wore as well and Kerry just had come home from the Olympics not happening so he came home in like his Olympic sweatshirt and this would be maybe what was under it and it's actually very vibrant turquoise um tank top which you know, with our tones and, you know, the timing of our movie, it did turn out to look a little more muted in here. But I liked that it's sort of it's like Carrie and Kevin sort of mirroring each other, 
because a lot of that in the film is the brothers competing once against each other and this sort of work on that aspect. And, and had it actually looked maybe a little bit brighter than intended, um, that would definitely be in Kerry's color palette because he was definitely the, the 80s rock star and a lot of more colorful <laughs> flair in his character. Yeah. I love that. He did have a little bit of a flair. Uh, so with all that being said, and we kind of touched on this a little bit, but the Iron Claw takes place in the 1980s, a time not too far gone. And I think before we get into the wrestling of it all, uh, I think it was equally important to you to make the world feel real and authentic, this 1980s Texas. So how did you and your team just approach the general um, idea of recreating 1980s Texas? Yeah, definitely. Like for for us, um, you obviously had the brothers and you had so much research you could draw upon that. So to kind of flesh them out, like I just said, they, each of the guys had their own personality. But um, and the whole big scope of Texas, what was kind of interesting is I always kind of pictured like if like Crystal Gale and Linda Ronstadt and like Smoking the Bandit were going to the match, like how, what would they mm. wear? Because it's sort of still to me summed up the perfect silhouette for it. And um Aside from the real photos of the guys and looking up their YouTube wrestling um, images and, and their YouTube wrestling matches, I should say, and watching over and over and over again and being like, <laughs> to them, so freaking cool. I definitely do like a dive separately into like kind of the atmosphere of pop culture of the time and what movies might relate to that and how they were addressed aesthetically in those movies. So for me, um, a, a movie that I thought really kind of did relate in a way was Footloose. Mm, which okay. in all honesty, I had never watched either of them. That's <laughs> anyone. So I was my first time ever watching it. And I was like, Oh my God, this is, by the way, this is a great film. Like, so, yeah. <laughs> so this brand new film called yeah, Footloose. <laughs> 45 years later, I'm like, listen to this. Um, so I, uh, absolutely thought it kind of was similar where it's like small town Americana, very basic, not a lot of access to things, um, but everybody has like a nice sass and a nice little character to them. So that that definitely set a tone to me. Um, and then there was two docs, which I myself, I made sure like anybody in my team, I was like, I don't care if you don't have time to watch it at home, you're going to sit here and watch it at the desk, was um, <laughs> Dark Side of the Ring and Heroes of um, WCCW Wrestling, because that really, that summed up our movie very in a whole. So if you knew nothing about wrestling, you knew nothing about the Von Erics, like those two docs totally set the tone of what you're getting into. And um, it had a lot drawn upon maybe even for like Sean to recap in his own way to how do you put this whole life into about two hours. Right. right. So, um, yeah, so that was that was important to me. And then I just love research. I just love books. I just love photography. So um, I definitely turned to Richard Avedon, American West, and pulled out some references, some of one of which I like completely recreated for Pam um, when she first meets uh, Kevin. But <laughs> we just see the close up in our film, but the full head to toe look is like this exact image from it. And I just right. thought it looked so good on her. And it was kind of like this calico tight with eyelet and just these jeans. Oh, she looks so good. And then um, also for her, like Nicholas Nixon, which is another photographer, there was these, he did this beautiful set of the Brown sisters and they were just really natural and they just really told the story of the time and it wasn't pop culture references. These are like real people. And Sean was very drawn to more of the real, the real aspects as well. So that was a nice like dialogue and dance to try to mix all of these, all of this reference points coming to you and like then editing it out and then just doing a ton of boards and seeing what plays out and what plays where. Mm. Wow. A lot of world building going on here. I love it. 
so let's finally get into what we want to talk about, which is the wrestling of it all. So, I mean, it's a lot of fun, a lot of colors, and the Von Erichs were really were professionals and knew exactly what they were doing in terms of selling the performance. So, what did your research process look like? Well, I guess you just answered this actually. Were you watching a lot of wrestling tapes? Like, how do you put together this very colorful wrestling scene? Yes, definitely. Well, Sean had um, obviously in the script to reflect a lot of wrestling scenes, but then we needed exact dates. So I knew, uh, you know, you know, first question, are we replicating as close as possible? Do we have a little leeway that kind of like, you know, what kind of license can we take? And Sean was open actually to, to either, as long as we made sure we hit the beats of each, each brother representing their personality and, um, and sort of just making sure that um, basically our first step was like, let's just take this photo up here with our boy silhouette. So Carrie's, ring robe is always this like little tiny shorty robe that like barely covers his bottom. Like, it's just like this little, like, so, and I remember Jeremy was like, and I was like, yeah, we're just going to ham it up to here. And he was like, here. And I'm like, yep, here, this is like this photo. This is how we're doing it. And he's like, okay. Yeah. Yeah, and he liked it. Come on. <laughs> absolutely. And this is a great example of like, when you look online, you might not see a clear image of this robe, but the, the more you keep calling and calling and trying to find a better, higher res or some more image that keeps just popping up to you. Right. As soon as you start looking up stuff i was like oh my god there's like a rhinestone bedazzled texas on the lapel and like the, the, mm-hmm. the things um his belt has rhinestones on it and so um it was just fun to do make sure everybody was recreated in sort of their silhouette with their personality and this yellow rose of texas robe that david wears is like one of my favorites and i basically was like i know i have to have a yellow rose of texas because david's whole persona basically is the yellow rose of texas that's what they call them that's what they used to throw to him it was very he was texas like the western texas guy so anything he wore was definitely a little bit over the top with western flair and um the stetson hat then had like a higher crown in the 80s you can even see it like in dallas tv series um it's just (laughs) a little bit higher it's like a weird awkward crown and i had called stetson up to see if perhaps they could recreate it for us and um the gentleman that works with film was like i grew up in texas i watched the von erics i would love to do it like a lot of people we would reach out to to see if they would collaborate with us typically that was their response they're fans of the von erics and they would love to collaborate so that was such a nice thing to be a part of that's Uh, lovely (laughs) and this is um you know these are the the our so far photos that have gone out once the movie's like theatrically released in 22nd there's we have so many even like clearer images to share so like on this robe of david's is um it probably was a velvet robe to begin with, but when I met with Mateus, the the DP, and Sean, and we talked about, I had all of the images of our matches, and I had a bunch of fabrics already so to, to like discuss with them, and like what could be too bright and what would work. And basically, Mateus's first reaction was, um, even if it's velvet, we have to go into a, a high, like a different kind of. I don't care what it is. He was like saying, but it needs to have a lot of sheen. Because when we got into the sportatorium, which are all these other photos, it's really dark. You can see even like the background just blends into the smoke of the atmosphere. And um, he knew he just wanted that shine and reflection. So basically what was probably fabric you could have bought at Joanne's ended up becoming actually like luxurious over the top fabric that like 
where you would shop for like a high-end movie as well. And they were all like anything like Panay Velvet, Silk Velvet, Lorex, anything with Lorex or some sort of a sparkle or shine or metallic vibe to it, just so we could get that luminosity when we go to film. Um, it was mm. so, cool. so that was actually kind of fun because we would just, we're bringing all these beautiful fabrics we'd be making maybe like 1930s gowns out of, right? And now you're turning right. into ring robes for athletes like so it was a really cool <laughs> uh, uh, also with the elements on it you've got passimentary you've got bedazzling you have these things that were very nuanced like these guys are wearing costumes it's you know wrestling is theatrical you know so it's it's a masculine sport it's an Asian sport but there's all these nuances to it which was another reason why I was so drawn to the project um and Kevin's yeah, and Kevin's robe is like a hoodie. And to me, he was like the all-American jock anyhow to begin with. Like, very much <laughs> like that's his vibe. He's, I put him mostly in neutrals. He, you know, he is our survivor of our story. It's his point of view in a way. Um, so I wanted to make sure he was kind of like grounded all the time. And my biggest thing was I did not know going into it, but I asked Kevin Von Eric at the LA premiere who made your robes? Like, cause I never knew who made them. <laughs> and to me, I just knew that we had to make sure we have an element of a homemade quality, but like very polished and like with loads of personality. And um, I thought it was going to be his mother, like Doris making them or something. He said, Oh, we had a lot of fans. All these girls wanted to make our robes. And so that was, that was his answer to the question. So, That's the coolest answer yeah, ever. Exactly. <laughs> well, uh, with that being said, there's a lot of action, as you mentioned. So, I mean, how are these pieces being kept together, though? I'm imagining you must have had tons and tons and tons of copies of each of these. Yeah, you would imagine. Um, they, <laughs> <laughs> we had... Uh, we started out at the ranch and then we went into the wrestling scene. So we had a couple weeks or so until we got into the wrestling match. And that was, you know, um, on a, a little bit of a limited prep to make sure you had a little bit of time to get into these wrestling scenes. So knowing that it was all to be custom made to order, that was really helpful because I think in the end, we ultimately made like almost a hundred trunks, um, 21 <laughs> ring robes, 24, knee, the 42 knee pads and 26 pairs of boots, all custom made. Wow. So it was this giant feat to see how to, how to make it, how to accomplish it and how to execute and make sure we deliver and everybody's happy. Um, so a lot of the times what was kind of interesting is I would assume the match started at the beginning and they were walking in, they were always taking off a ring robe and a hat. And so that was another meeting we had to separately with Sean because um, without storyboards, you have to pull that information obviously from the director in the first AD. So it, and he was like, no, 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 this match will start halfway through. This match will start here. So it kind of narrowed down how many robes I thought I originally had to make, but it was still a lot to accomplish in that time. So a lot of it was one of, obviously the trunks we needed at least Four, because we needed two for the cast and two for our stunts. And that was more so for like sweater or something tour. And, you know, you don't oh, want to hold up camera. That's pretty good, actually. Yeah. And <laughs> um, and now we even had to partner with somebody to make because um, those trunks are a little bit different. You think it's kind of a straightforward thing. You're like, let's look at Speedo. Why is it such a big deal? But um, in order to get the right kind of fabric and make sure it's lined and they don't wear dance belts. And, you know, there's like a little bit of a you know, there's a process to making those chunks so that those athletes can wear them and not have to feel self-conscious. <laughs> and we just had so many to make. It requires like, you know, if you're going to do it really do it justice, you need to use a correct machine. So we were able to, my ACD, Aileen Abercrombie was, had a great idea. And we had bought some 
samples from this wrestling company called High Spots. And she was like, maybe they could sneak us into their schedule and do the manufacturing part for us, which they said yes, again, because of the Von Erics. It of was course, like, they're like, duh, we're waiting for you to call. Yeah, and so <laughs> they... Um, and we gave them their sched- our schedule, which they did not seem to be too bothered by. So, and but everything we had to was make a pattern. Any of the subsequent casts, we would even if they lived in New York or someplace else, I would send someone to go meet them, and we'd make try in a chunk and make a pattern, get the fabrics, make an illustration, and send that off to high spots. So it was it was a co- collaboration for sure to make sure everything worked out fine. The boots. Um, I was so grateful that Kevin wrestled barefoot because it was one less character to have to (laughs) And so I was like, do we ever, because in the very, very beginning, Kevin does wrestle in boots and he starts early off in his career removing the boots. And that was, um, you know, he has to tell his father that he's not going to wrestle barefoot. Right. And so, um, which seems dangerous, but that's, that's his process. And that was part of his character, right. And his persona and very successful for him. Um, So everybody else, it was a matter of, like Shabo here, who's dressed as the Sheik, and I we made the Sheik boots. You can see it has that like Aladdin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like that's a one off because Shabo's doing his own stunts. He's a wrestler, you know. But everybody else, I had to make sure I made two boots. And um, again, that was a little bit of a tricky subject because the, the usual shoemakers and bootmakers in Hollywood couldn't take our schedule. And so I was like looking online on Instagram and I was just typing in like, um, David Von Erich boots or Carrie Von Erich boots just to see if something would pop up. And a Carrie Von Erich boot did pop up. And I looked at the guy and I was like, okay, this guy's a boot maker. I can't tell if he's in Mexico or Texas. I couldn't tell like where he was located because of his clients. And I just sent, I was like, hi, my name's Jen. I'm working on a movie with Von Erich's. Um, would you be interested in talking about making boots? I can send you an NDA. And he was like, yes, when? And like, I was like, okay, great. We'll talk right now. Yeah. <laughs> And luckily, Ray from Ace Boots also collaborated with us to help make all of our like 26 pairs of boots. Otherwise, it would never have happened. And even for him, it was really difficult because he was fitting into an already busy schedule he had. And some of our cast was last minute. And, and of course, there's just regular delays in general or something would run out or he couldn't find a sole or the boot. Like one time the boot glue didn't cure and it was a rainy. It was like almost torrential rain flooding. And so like he had to wait for it to cure and then drive the boots personally, like almost 23 hours straight to get them to us. I mean, it was just like <laughs> it was insane, like all the time just to make sure that we could um, make it happen. And I'm so that is insane it sounds like there's a lot of collaboration that was happening on this film which leads me to my next question uh i want to talk specifically about some of the von erics now and i was so impressed by zach efron i thought he did an incredible job uh so can you talk about your collaboration with uh zach efron and the cast and bringing this character to life absolutely what zach was completely open um came in for his fitting. I think he was the second person I fit and, but has the most looks in the film. I think he has about 60 changes. So I had, you know, I knew it was going to be a, a, quite a few fittings to get that to happen. So, um, but basically I have usually the car, their costume changes and I have maybe an insert of ideas in each of those changes of what could work here. And um, he was just super open, completely nice, like came in very professional, such a nice guy. Years ago, many, many years ago, when I first assistant costume designer jobs was 17 again. So I was like, <laughs> you're not yes. going to remember me, but we did work together at some time. Yeah. And he, and he was like, Oh, I kind of remember. I'm like, no, you don't, but you know what? That's the kind of person you are. That's how nice you are. Right. Yeah. And, um, 
and sort of just, he came in and he was like, I know we're in limited resources and stuff. So like, let like, just make sure that we are collaborating as best as possible because, you know, you're going to kill it. And so he was just such a nice guy and very amenable. So that was super cool. And we had a great time. And of course I had to continue to fit him throughout and he worked the most throughout and just like, just fine. Just, you know, hop into my trailer, do this, do that. Just did it, did his thing and just a nice, polite person. Um, and the other cats as well, I think, Jeremy was the first person I saw and um, definitely had multiple fittings there because he was when he came in, he had then just started working out. So he was going to change physically through our few weeks until we started filming. Right. So um, (laughs) I love his costumes. He has such like a bad to the bone energy. You kind of want to be him a little bit. (laughs) Absolutely. And and the real Carrie was bad to the bone, sexy and had the rock star quality. And so it's I I mean, perfect, perfect casting, perfect hair. Um, So just obviously a big fan of Jeremy already coming into it. And he, you know, just finished the bear. I just watched the bear just had come out like that week. And I was like, wow, this this is an amazing show. Well, it turns out yeah. everybody agreed. Right. And, um, <laughs> and he just had a lot of fun. And also again, like kind of no qualms, like really just like, that sounds great. I love it. He kind of started to, you know, be, I had some like white cowboy boots for him and things like that. And lots of tons of choices. And at, towards the end of the film, he'd be like, can I wear the white cowboy boots again today? And I was like, I understand. Listen, cowboy boots are fun to wear of course. Like what, if not now, when, right. <laughs> so he was a lot of fun to work with. All of them were nice. I should say like, that's this and very professional. I think the person that maybe felt a little bit the most out of um, understanding the element, I don't know, even know, this not even know what the right words would be, would be Harris being British. <laughs> and mm, <yeah>. <laughs> like he was like hi now i'm in baton rouge and we're doing texas in the 80s like it was a lot coming yeah. out of him at once and i was like shorter tighter shorter tighter and he was like longer baggier longer baggier so it was sort of like <laughs> that's <laughs> definitely a culture shock <laughs> yeah exactly yeah and i was like so we we ended up coming to uh, i mean he had great costumes and i loved that you know we got the suede french jacket in and his football jersey and that guy wore a really great combination sneakskin cowboy boots all these things that are just like you know leather you know to the you kind of don't see he's wearing a leather blazer to church i mean it's just sort of in in collar wingtips and just a lot of fun western flair it was like this is the character we have to do it on and holt was so much fun because um i'd work with him on mindhunter so which by the way shout out to mindhunter what a great show i missed that show (laughs) oh thank you so much it was it was a lot of people say that and i'm so glad that it was much loved. Um, and so I was, when Sean said Holt Macaulay, I was like, oh, and he was like, oh my God, that's right. You work with on Mindhunter. I'm like, this is the best. Like I was so excited. <laughs> so, um, I had politely reached out to his agent and I was like, do you mind if I just text him myself? And so, and, um, and that was such a fun collaboration to do again in a completely different setting. And for Holt, he had, you know, for Mindhunter, he became Tench, which was, you know, he had gained some weight and just sort of like kind of grew into that gorilla-ish, silverback gorilla type character, right? So, <laughs> yeah. um, so for so after Mine Hunter, he'd gone back to his regular weight, which is actually very fit and thin. So when he came in, he, you know, he knew he had his at the start of our script is him performing in the 19 early 60s, um, inventing the iron claw, right? So he was like, I'm ready for action, like I'm in my prime 
physique. So I need a fat pad for like the rest of the movie. So like the one day he's thin, but the whole rest of the movie, he's in a fat pad. So um, <laughs> he's like, so, please don't make me do this. Yeah, so, <laughs> so it was, it was kind of great. Cause so we just incorporated, um, making that into his costumes and how that would fit and making sure we don't see it. Obviously that's the whole thing. And we obviously couldn't put it into it making a nice fancy one so it was um how can we make how can we achieve this on a quick level that reads well so actually he's wearing a pregnancy belly from amazon wow. <laughs> like but it's like built into <laughs> a suit and um it worked great and he just i, I love when you go into his room where we talk about character changes coming up and he would just be in there with just the pregnancy belly but like shirtless <laughs> but like you know like in his pants like reading his lines or something and i'm like i hold you know so um so <laughs> So that was a lot of fun. And obviously we knew for Holt, we had to hit this blue boiler suit that Fritz wears because it's like so amazing. And so from like Sears and Monday yeah. or something and um, Hargate's costume made it for us sight unseen. And it was, I mean, it was like zip tweak shoot. It was like so great. And, um, and then um, he had like this mock trill neck look that his father wore that he would sometimes wear just with like trunks as well, walking around the house, which we never got to do. But um, oh, so man. that was those are two very Fritz looks that felt really right. And because his character or in real life was also so obsessed with winning and the title belt, um, I made sure his everyday belt was this kind of like over the top, huge buckle <laughs> with like sheriff stars and stuff. Cause it just <laughs> seemed right to me basically. So right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and here we have a picture of Lily. Yeah, I think it's safe to say that there was a lot of masculine energy happening with these costumes. So when you see Lily um, as Pam, she really brings like a softness and warmth to the film, which is really kind of refreshing. So what's your concept behind Pam's costumes? Well, you're you're absolutely right about the masculinity. And even like just before I jump into Lily, like Doris, the mother's character to me was like mother on steroids, the kind of motherly duty she had to take care of, like cooking these grand breakfasts and cleaning yeah. up after all these. It was exhausting. <laughs> exhausting. So I, I when you looked up pictures of Doris, I mean, a majority of them, she is in pants. So she, I made sure she also pretty much always wore pants as well. So um, but so when Lily came in and we we're going to fit Pam, um, it was so exciting to, like you said, there's this warmness, this softness, and make sure that we express that. She's also like the lovers of, of his life. They're still together. That's a very functioning, you know, it looks like healthy relationship, you know. So the rock in his life, because we watch Kevin being tortured by so much of um, these horrible circumstances of life and like processing that and thinking he's, he's cursed, right? And she's like, I'm here for you, solid, raising the kids, like doing her thing. And But she's also a strong woman. Like when you beat her first, she's sassy. She's asking him out. She's like, here's what I'm mm -hmm. going to do. I'm going to own like a veterinarian clinic. And I, how do you feel about that? Like, you know, it's just, she's such a cool character to begin with. So to have this yeah. beautiful British, like princess come in and like come turn into this, like Texas woman was like, so cool. And this is the, I think one of the second or third time we see her um, when he finally introduces her to the family. So she's coming for Thanksgiving, but you know, it's a casual Thanksgiving. And, um, she just looks so sassy in these. I think these jeans are from a label called Pizzazz. And um, she, <laughs> hello. <laughs> hello. And just kind of standing out in that red t shirt. And it's like simple and sexy. And, you know, I think guys like this stuff, right? So, um, yeah. and yeah, so sort of work for her. And then her character, you know, I just want to make sure she always kind of looks soft. Like at Christmas, she's got a flannel, but it's got nice 1980s. Um, 
ruffles. And if it's, I typically tried to go to sweaters or like a pullover, something that was like soft and cozy and like motherly like, um, because that's how I sort of read her character. It was very natural to me. Right. She's just absolutely lovely. I loved all of her scenes, but another character who I absolutely was in love with, I have to ask you about Ric Flair, mostly because he's the only wrestler I actually know besides like Dwayne The Rock Johnson. So <laughs> I was very excited to see him. <laughs> um, Ric Flair is very over the top, extravagant. Uh, so you and I were texting after the movie and I could sense that you had a lot of fun with this character. <laughs> Definitely, definitely Ric Flair's the showstopper and um, and just so much fun. And obviously, you know, my first deep dive was into the Von Erics and what's going to play out first schedule wise. And then once we started to think about the other characters, you had like the Freebirds, which also had some jaw dropping looks that, Mm -hmm. you know, in real life, by the way. Um, And some people out there probably know what I'm saying, but then (laughs) Ric Flair, which I didn't again, didn't know anything about. Right. So you're like. Who's this? Then you start to look at him and I'm like, what is going on here? Like, yeah, who is this? <laughs> you have like this Liberace like wrestler with a nickname Nature Boy. I mean, it was just like it was <laughs> too good to be true. And I was very lucky that Sean was, I was like, Do you do you have like a robe in mind that you want me to be recreating? Um because I think in this match that they recreate, there is no reference to what Rick's wearing. So I, I, it was like a free for all. And Sean's like, no, I mean, it's Ric Flair. Any of, any of the robes will be a good choice. Like, so, um, <laughs> so I was able to really like think about it, which became this difficult decision because I wanted to make sure I made the right decision. And then it became crystal clear once it became the right decision, which was um, after I looked at the other ring robes I made and there was a lot of primary colors and solids and, and sort of um, some, some tones that aren't hot pink. I was like, I have to make a flamingo Pepto-Bismol hot pink robe, whichever one it was. <laughs> By the way, this was the two I narrowed it down to. Oh, and, really? <laughs> yeah. And then just after narrowing it down to these two, what uh, it was mostly like execution and cost, like how which one to go with between these two. But they both say the same thing, which yeah. – what is going on here? And it's just like, he also had patent leather boots, which we made with like a, an over the top cursive, you know, um, initials on top of it. So I wanted to make sure we had the pink. I wanted to make sure we had feathers and I wanted to make sure we had sequins. So basically um, our, the one that we executed here on the left got all of that. And I was able to, at that time, I think, cause we were in Louisiana, I went to all the Mardi Gras fabric shops because it was just you know you walk into a cornucopia there of like what to pick and I was like picking out the sequence and how many sequences choices there is like amazing so we were I overdid it brought it all back to my cutter fitter brick and talked about how we could do it and it was actually so much sequence and stuff to sew he came up with this brilliant idea it's it's like glued down like you know it's it's glued down for good by the way but it's like I think he would have broke his machine trying to like put it all on yeah (laughs) I was, you would go back to the office and it would be like panels of bright pink and feathers everywhere and sequins everywhere and glue. And like, you know, it was just like, he looks like a mad scientist and he was like, it's coming along great. Like, you know, so it was like. (laughs) The perfect nightmare. Yeah, exactly. But everybody obviously wanted to make this or a robe, a Ric Flair robe, because he's so over the top and so cool. Like, so that was great. So fun. Uh, Just like this wedding scene between Kevin and Pam, it was truly heartwarming. And the costumes are just so fascinating. They were definitely of like a time and place, I would say. 
So how did you and your team recreate this wedding? I don't know if there's actual photos of the wedding. So how did you approach this? Yeah, the wedding, when you see the movie, they come out, right? You see them exiting the church. So this is really the the time where we flesh out maybe our, our happy light time in our movie, right? Where very things are hopeful. And of course, there's a twist here. But um, when you go to watch the movie, but it's very happy time in the movie. So you definitely want to make sure you are sharing their love because this love transpires, right? So um, I had really drew upon Carrie Von Eric's wedding photo, which is out there. And he's, it's basically these tuxedos. These are vintage tuxedos that again, um, Aileen, my ACD knew of a somebody in the Midwest that owns Vintage tuxedos? I don't know. I don't need to. Oh. All I know is everyone that. Ha- everyone has a guy. <laughs> oh, yeah, she's got a guy. And I was like, yeah, I like your guy. And all I need to know is that the guy has enough to deliver. So um, so it was uh, picking that. And we chose this like pale gray, dove gray tone because um, it actually was what Carrie ended up wearing. Kevin's real life wedding is summertime and more like 16 candles looking, which so we went with this other thing. And I had a couple dresses to try on. Pam different silhouettes because I was still kind of thinking of trying to replicate Pam more so. And once we got into a very princessy dress indicative of the eighties and put it on Lily, I was like, Oh my God, this is Cinderella. What am I talking about? Like this has to be her. So it was, yeah, yeah I was, she just wears it so well. And they have first this dance. And I was like, is this going to be hard to dance? In? And she was like, you kidding? I'm going to make this work. Like, this is amazing. So, um, <laughs> and we had so much fun, like the background and there, you kind of see like in that upper right next to Dave to the left is like a woman that looks like she's like on the Lawrence Welk show. I mean, it's just yeah. like, we had so much fun dressing the background. And I think that day we had, two completely other scenes going on with background. So like we may have started that day with like a funeral and then we went someplace else in the middle of the day. And, you know, it was like the four o'clock call for the wedding. So it was just like, you were like spinning around and you had Jeez. your racks with all of your looks that, you know, pertain to that atmosphere and that town for those scenes. And so it'd be like next, you know, roll those racks away, pull the next set of racks up and like keep going. <laughs> and, um, it sounds like you really depended on a, a collaborative team, I assume, to pull this all together. Absolutely. You definitely need to know you have some key players that are like down to get into it. And, you know, you need to know you have people you count on so you can make sure that you can pull it off and it's like executed beautifully. So but when we all arrived to the scene and the set and Sean was like, oh, my God, everything looks like he was so complimentary to all of department heads. Like he was like, I love what James I love the, the metallic and it makes them pop. Yeah. And obviously the hair and makeup on Pam and everybody and everybody's polished up. You know, we've seen them sweaty or bloody or something in between all these scenes. So it was delightful. And he had the song already begging the Frankie Avalon song. <laughs> like it, it, he must have already knew he was going to use that. So you were everybody was just like dance it was like such a fun way to end the night and you were so glad it it, uh, turned out well and watching them dance I think is one of the coolest things and speaking of like Kevin Zach I just thought oh you know here Zach's gonna dance like what's gonna happen Zach's gonna dance you know triple threat high school musical what's gonna happen and I think this to me like was a very subtle like to me I was so impressed because I think he my take on it is he danced like how Kevin would dance how an athlete would dance when you see it it's just sort of you know like he's not over the top he's not like choreographed to the T you know he's always like kind of looking around to see what his brothers and sisters are doing and I thought that was a really nice touch to him oh yeah That's really cool, especially, I mean, like you said, High School Musical, you would think he's going to snap into the flashy 
dancing that I grew up with. So that right. is really just such subtle, brilliant acting. So, yeah. uh, so Jen, the Iron Claw is in theaters December 22nd. And by the time people hear this podcast, the movie will already be out. So what do you hope audiences will take away from the film, the story and the costumes? Ooh, that's really a good question. I will. I will. I hope that they take away. I think what people I've seen take away already is, um, you know, an immediate response to wanting to tell a loved one they love them. And I think that's like, you know, it's just so special. And I remember when I was at the Dallas premiere with my partner, I was like, are you? Are you crying? Yeah. And he was like, yeah, maybe, you know, and so I was like, I was so happy. He was actually, I yeah. was like, Oh my God, thank God. It's like a moving, touching movie, a story, which it is. So I feel like um, just people wanting to share love with their loved ones. And I think it's obviously a very interesting story. It's very tragic. I think Sean did a beautiful job telling the story of his personal fans. Like he was such a fan. Like this is, such a touching story to him was very important to him. When I heard mm-hmm. he grew up watching wrestling, I'm like, what? what? Like, it just is sort of interesting. <laughs> and for costumes, I hope that they, I hope that my peers and the audience really appreciate the detail and the thoughts and the care and all the time and effort and the made to order and everything that went into it because this is truly one of those films where I think I'm like, oh, I'm close to close to getting to exactly what I wanted to achieve. So, and that's, that's putting it, I think a lot of my peers would understand what I'm saying when I say that. So it was, yeah. And maybe there's a director's cut that shows more full lengths and backs of robes. I don't know. Hey, sign me <laughs> <Yeah>. up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, costume designer Jen Starzik, thank you so much for joining me. It's been such a joy. I love the Iron Claw and I hope everyone runs to the theaters and checks it out because it was such a great film. So thank you so much for joining. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much. It was great. The Art of Costume podcast is hosted and produced by Elizabeth Joy Glass and Spencer Williams. Our audio engineering and editing is done by Dan White. Follow us on TikTok at The Art of Costume and Instagram at The Art of Costume Pod. If you want to support the show, go to theartofcostume.com slash podstore. For more podcast updates, costume reviews, deep dives, and interviews, go to theartofcostume.com, a blog dedicated to highlighting the best in costume design. Yeah, right. Well, it was a lot of fun. Uh, so let's get into it. Let me share some pictures too. Oh, a little bit of color. Yeah. Are these personal the... home photos? Yeah. <laughs> yep. I, I cut them out myself from my <laughs> magazines. <laughs>